What's up, everybody? Happy Sunday. Today is August 29th, Sunday service. I might be doing this one all by myself tonight. Cody Barton, my business partner, is out on a hot date, which I strongly encourage, and I'm happy to hear about it. But today, that might mean that we are hanging out without him. So let's get into it. We're going to do some housekeeping items first. We're going to talk about some things that we've been working on, some things that might be able to help you guys out. And then we'll get into maybe doing a general Q&A tonight because the, the topic of the night was actually going through a couple of deals that Cody and I have done in the last week or so. And um, that's not going to happen without Cody. So we'll probably push that topic to next week. We'll jump into Q&A for you guys. I've got, my, I've got my yellow legal pad. If you guys got questions that I can't get to, I'm going to be writing them down throughout the show. And then we'll end up making um, some YouTube video for you. Whatever you guys need help with, we're here to help you out. So guys, do me a favor and take out your phone. Take a screenshot. And I want you guys to tag me and Cody Barton. And I want you guys to say, Cody, where are you at? Cody, where are you at? Okay. Tag Cody on Instagram stories. And let's tease Cody for being out on that hot date. Just give him a little bit of some brotherly love. Nothing wrong with a little bit of brotherly love. So let's do some housekeeping. Okay. Housekeeping. Um, is important because there's things that I need you guys to understand that we're working on that uh, I think a lot of people just, we have so many things, so many cool things that we're doing all the time that it's hard to even keep up with us. It's super hard to keep up with us. Um, so let's jump into that. That's, that's a good idea. So number one, I'm going to tell you that I know that the air date for mine and Jamil's TV show is going to be on A and E networks on October 2nd. So do me a favor and put that in your phones, mark that calendar, let everybody know, come out, give us some support. We took basically five months of our lives to go out and film a TV show all about finding deals. Yes, this show on A and E is actually centered around wholesaling and, and not just fix and flipping. So that's really cool. The uh, show airs October 2nd. So that's housekeeping item number one. Housekeeping item number two. Check this out, guys. I wrote an ebook called Sub 2 Seller Spells. Volume one. Okay. Volume one, because we're going to end up doing a whole bunch of these. So I have an ebook. And here's the thing I'm not a big ebook guy. I don't like ebooks. I think ebooks kind of suck. And so we did an ebook based on what I would want if I was learning. And let me show you guys what that actually looks like. Sub two seller spells is a video ebook. It's actually me talking to sellers and um, locking up sub two deals and overcoming objections and all that kind of stuff. So if you guys have not downloaded the sub two seller spells, please do me a favor, give me some feedbacks, take screenshots of it and uh, laugh your ass off because I did dress up as a freaking wizard, like an Amazon um, wizard. Like you, you go on Amazon and buy a wizard costume. That's how low budget it was. But I, we had so much fun making this ebook that we ended up hiring a special effects lady. She's going to like turn me into Gandalf, like some high level production value wizardry. So 
let me see if I can pull that up and I'll give you guys access to that. Let's see. Caleb, somebody on my team has access to it. So let me get the link for you guys. We'll share it. Actually, you know what? Better yet, let's do this. If you guys want access to my sub two seller spells, I'll show you guys what it looks like. I want you guys to text me. Here we go. Boom. Let me, sh let me share this with you guys. This is cool. Um, share, share screen window. Boom. So check it out. Sub two seller spells incantations for the creative investor. I thought I was kind of funny where I'm like, you know what? All these, all, all these sellers are constantly trying to cast spells on us and lying to us. So what do we need to break a seller spell is an incantation. So we came up with, um, four seller spells. So the four most common objections you're going to get. And then it's a video um, for every single objection of me either talking about it or me actually calling a seller. So if you guys want that ebook, I'll just give it to you right here. I would say text my community platform, but I don't know the number. So check it out. So that's housekeeping item number two, guys, please download that. It's completely free. Just doing it to provide value to you guys. Um, I have so much fun talking to sellers that I want to share with you guys. So instead of me just talking about doing the business, it's fun to show you how we are in this business. So that's housekeeping item number two. Housekeeping item number three is, let me ask Kelly what our community number is. Actually, you know, I'll skip over that. Housekeeping item number three. This is probably the most fun thing we've done in a long time is that I have been teaching my son Asher how to get his first real estate deal in less than two weeks. Okay. So last night we did a Zoom and that Zoom was about an hour and 45 minutes. So very short. Um, we're doing another Zoom. So Zoom number one is here was last night. We, if you guys register, I'll send you the link from last night. You guys can watch it. We had we maxed out Zoom. Zoom would not let us have any more people into the Zoom, so that was really really cool. Then um, we're gonna have my wife come in on Wednesday night at 4 p.m. Arizona time, and we are going to teach Asher a couple more things. We're going to give everybody in the audience homework, and then the third Zoom will be Jamil next Saturday. Okay, so. That will also be at 4 p.m. Arizona time. Sorry, guys. Arizona time is the only time, in my opinion, because we are we don't change time zones like all you other people do. So it's just easier. So on uh, last night, that was amazing. I had people in the comments talking about how they were crying. It was just so life-changing and amazing and all that kind of stuff. Basically, I'm just going through the basics, like very, very, very basic stuff, Okay. And we are going to show you guys how my 13-year-old son will get a deal in about three weeks, okay? Because the fourth thing we're going to do is we're actually going to have a challenge. And that challenge is I'm challenging Asher, yes. However, we are doing a 14-day community challenge. So everybody that's in this group that is following along 
we are going to do a challenge and give you steps to do for 14 days, 14 steps every single day to get a deal. And more important than that, more important than all of that is we are going to teach you how to get a deal with, you guys think it's going to cost a lot of any money? No, we're showing Asher, a 13 year old, how to get a deal with no money. So if you guys want to get that, um, get into those Zooms, they're completely free, not selling anything. I don't have anything to sell. Um, I One thing I would say is I would say that if I were you, I would join the Zooms for one purpose alone is yes, get a deal, right? Let's get you a deal. Absolutely. If a 13 year old kid starting from, you know, brand new is going to get a deal, then hell yeah, you're going to get a deal. Okay. That's cool. So obviously let's do that. The other reason why you should join is because you are going to meet a lot of my students. A lot of my students are in the Zoom. They are there to help you. We had a couple of people last night. They're like, I'm struggling in my local market. I don't know what to do. I feel like, you know, watching YouTube and reading these books really isn't cutting it for me. And so I said, you just got to work with my students, right? You got to work with my students. Um, so last night was epic. I think we had probably only about 100 of my students showed up and a good 400 other non-students showed up and it was amazing. They got to see really the first couple of steps that you need to take, okay? Um, so it's been a lot of fun and I see a lot of people, Kimberly Pittman says, how do we get the replay from last night? Well, Kimberly, here's what you do, okay? I want you to log in. Let's see, I'll give you guys the link. I want you guys to go to the website. I'll show you exactly how easy it is because it's been screaming it from the rooftops on Instagram. But, you know, I, I understand not everybody's going to be watching Instagram all the time. So let's go. I'm going to give you guys the link right now for you guys to register. It is flipme.com forward slash Asher. Okay. Flipme.com forward slash Asher. I don't know why I just did that, but it like did two of them. That's so weird. Let's just do one, make it a little easier. I will show you guys the landing page, how to get in there. All right. So if you go to the landing page, again, I, I hate to show you guys all this stuff that should be common sense, but you know, some people have a hard time with this. So um, here we go. Watch me teach my son how to become a millionaire in real estate. Live Zoom, August 28th, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. We already did that. Okay. Um, and then you can click here and it's going to ask you for your name, your email, and your phone number. And then you can get, you'll get the Zoom link. Okay. Once you have the Zoom link, um, anybody that was on there last night, did I sell anything? Did I try and sell you anything? Did I try and get you to do anything that would have cost you any money? Anything like that? No, I, I did not. It was just a blast. And so, we had a lot of fun. My son Asher was the highlight of the show. Um, essentially, the reason we're doing this is because myself, there's Pace, Rahima, Laura, and Jamil. We are filming a TV show, which we're just about done with. And that, again, airs. If you guys go back to our housekeeping items, that airs here in the next 30 days or so. Okay. And so we're in preparation for that launch. We're getting people excited and trying to help people out. Um, we are trying to show you guys exactly how to go find either a, your first wholesale deal or your first fix and flip. Okay. And I thought nobody else better to, to jump into this than my son, 
right? And show him how to do this at a young age. Now, I've gotten a lot of criticism from it, to be honest. Um, I've, I get these people, you know, it's, it's just everybody's got such a strong opinion about everything, isn't it? Amazing. Um, I have somebody criticizing me and saying, well, you know, you're forcing your son to do something. Who knows if that's what his passion is? And I'm like, he's 13 years old. What else is he going to do? You know, what should I just say? Hey, are you passionate about anything right now? Oh, you're not. Okay, great. Just keep playing video games. I, I mean, what's the alternative? You know what I'm saying? So when I was growing up, my dad didn't give a crap what my passions were. My dad put me to work and I learned how to work incredibly hard. Okay. So I don't care about those people's opinions because one thing I can say is that my vibe who I am will attract my tribe, the people who also resonate with me. And I have to just be true to who I am. And it's so funny. There's always going to be somebody who has an opinion about how you're parenting their child, right? So, or, or, or your child. So I am not parenting Asher in this. I am flat out just showing him what I do for a living. I'm showing him, hey, do you want to do this as well? He says, yes. Okay, great. Here's the steps you got to take. And then in that same exact vein of him taking the steps, we are also letting everybody else follow along, do the homework, and getting deals as well. So um, a bunch of people that are um, asking this question, like Kimberly, how do we get the re replay from last night? So, ooh, that's so funny. My little girl threw something at me right before. Look, and look at that. It's all, all on my hat. Got to love that. So um, how do I get the replay from last night? Here's what I'm going to do. If you guys register for um, the Zooms, you will get last night's recording. Um, I'll email it out tomorrow. And then um, we're also going to email out the new Zoom link for Wednesday and the new Zoom link for Friday to everybody that's already registered. So if you've registered, you've already got your, your spot secured. If you have not registered, please register because We've just upgraded the Zoom account again. It's like the third time we've upgraded the Zoom account. Every time we do, it's like thousands of dollars to do it. So please, um, we want to make sure that everybody gets an opportunity to learn. Everybody gets an opportunity to get in there. Um, please get in there and register. It is completely free. If anybody um, was there last night, do me a favor and, and write something in the comments and let everybody know how good it was, what your number one takeaway was. Because the thing is, whenever you're registering for something, me included, whenever you're registering for some ex shit, especially me, to be honest, I just know this business in and out and all these people that are influencers, everything that they're trying to do is trying to sign you up for some funnel or whatever thing. At the end of the day, I want everybody that went last night to, to testify. There is nothing to sell. We are just absolutely hanging out, having a great time, spending the time and I'm sorry for everybody. I said I I was laying in bed last night, and this is something I do have to apologize for. I was laying in bed last night, and I realized I said two cuss words during the live, and I've never done a, a Zoom or a, a live for children, and so I didn't realize or I wasn't paying attention that I should not have been cussing on that live. And I really, really apologize to all the parents that were on there because I realized there's like nine, ten, and eleven year old kids, and look. I get it. Like Grant Cardone and Gary Vee and all these people are just flying the F word off like crazy. I didn't say the F word. I don't ever say that publicly. If I do, it's like, I don't say it publicly. I might stump my toe and I might say it under my breath every like now and again, but 
but it's a really rare occurrence for me to say that level of a cuss word. But last night I did cuss twice. I said the S word and I said, uh, damn. And so I am so sorry. Carmen says it was great. My nine-year-old daughter genuinely wanted to watch. And then of course I drop the S word. And so I am so, so sorry. All right. Uh, Michael says, what time do you think Q and a will be? Well, Michael, if you have a question, drop it in the side chat. I have been watching all of the, the, um, side chat. If you guys have a question about creative finance, if you guys have a question about wholesale, please ask me and let's get into it. Um, Jose, I'll tell you guys right now, here's the first actual question other than my housekeeping items. Um, that actually popped up pace in your purchase contract. Do you disclose to the seller? You will be marketing the property in order to keep on the same page. Um, no, I mean, you don't put that really in your purchase contract. You just communicate to the seller depending on what you're trying to do. Um, but the, the verbiage that we teach is, Hey, Mr. Or Mrs. Seller, I may or may not be the one that's going to fulfill this promise to you. It's either going to be me or one of my partners. And, um, depending on how many houses we buy next week or in 30 days or in 60 days, whatever that, you know, it is that pertains to your situation. Um, for you individually, Jose, you would say, so, uh, and by the way, this rarely ever comes up. The only time this ever really comes up where sellers care about who's going to buy the actual house. The only time that ever really pops up is in, um, creative finance. I really want to make sure that if I am taking over a house subject to, I'm making sure that I'm telling the seller and the buyer who they are at close of escrow and I'm introducing them and getting them into bed with each other. And it's a very easy process. I teach that in my mentorship, exactly how to do that, what to write in your contracts. But the answer is no. Jose, I'm going to be very specific with your, your question. And the answer is going to be specific to your question. Never have I ever, and never will I ever disclose to the seller that I'm marketing the property um, in my purchase contract. I will never say, hey, by the way, seller, you're signing this contract just so you know I'm marketing your property to somebody else. That's not how it's done. The way that it's done is um, you say and or assignee or you say and or um, put, um, other LLC uh, non. Um, we talked about this with Sean St. Clair a couple of episodes ago on Wholesale Hotline. Um, so go back and watch that. You'll get a really good answer on that. Um, so Mark Belgray, this is a great question. He says, I have not been able to, to find zero to hero day two. The reason being is because we have not sent it out. Um, it is a lot of editing. It costs a lot of money. Um, we do not make money from, um, you know, sitting here and editing. So we got to shovel money over to editors to clean it up. And a lot of people are like, well, why do you need to edit this? Right? Why not just release it because I released all the unedited versions to my sub two students a month ago. And everybody that watched it live were my sub two students. So why did I let them watch it live? And why did I um, release it to all of my students? Well, because all my students signed a non-disclosure and a non-compete and a non all the things that they won't share our information. So if I'm going to send out zero to hero, here's what it, we're worried about. We're worried about all the seller's information. A couple of these contracts that we locked up during the zero to hero are still in escrow. And so we're really fearful of people seeing their names and hearing their names and all that kind of stuff. So we're going through hours and hours and hours and hours of um, editing. And so 
I'm sorry. We've worked really hard. Obviously, we took an entire month of our lives to provide that value to everybody. And now we're just editing it. And my, my team did not want to release Zero to Hero day one at all until everybody else was ready because they're, I, they go, you're just delaying the inevitable. People are going to be mad no matter what, right? You're going to be, you're going to be, um, people are going to be mad at you because you're going to release one. And now instead of them saying, where's zero to hero, where's zero to hero, they're going to start saying, where's zero to hero day two? Why did you only give me day one? And at the end of the day, I can't make everybody happy. Um, that obviously is not my job is to make everybody happy. My job is to provide as much value. That's not even my job either. Shit. I'm retired. I have no job. Okay. I have no job. So I have no obligation to anybody for anything. I can do what I want, when I want, how I want. So um, at the end of the day, we really do want to provide value. Um, but Zero to Hero Day 2 and all the other ones are currently being edited. I think we're um, there's 18 days worth of editing. And I think we're on like day 12 or day 13. So we're not too far away. I might be able to pull Cody and Matt's arm and release day two to everybody. But... Um, you know, since Cody was not um, there, or since Cody's not here tonight, what I would do, guys, is I would take a, take your phone out. I would screenshot me sitting here by myself and and tag Cody on your Instagram stories and go, Cody, where are you at? Sunday service. Where's Cody? Is Cody still there? Right. So um, hopefully that answers your question, Mark. Um, I, there's no way that doesn't answer your question, actually. Um, okay. So do you have any concerns with the new show that it might push the agenda of stricter legislation on wholesaling as in putting pe more people on notice of what states like Illinois have done? So, you know, it's just an interesting question. Cause I got, I get people grilling me on my YouTube channel. Like, why would you want wholesaling to be regulated? Well, let's talk about that for just a second. What does that even mean? All it means is that when a seller's put in a really bad situation, which a lot of inexperienced wholesalers are making really bad decisions and putting people in really bad situations. I'm a wholesaler. We wholesale probably 12 to 20 contracts a month. I am a wholesaler. Um, so I, I, I don't want wholesaling to be regulated, but at the end of the day, does it really affect my life it, it, if it is regulated? The only thing that regulation does is that it gives the seller a place to complain to somebody when they're put in a bad situation. And I don't have anything against that. So do I want to have another $300 licensing fee every year or whatever it could potentially be? No, but I mean, it's the cost of two, you know, meals of sushi. It's, it's, it would cost almost nothing to be regulated. So at the end of the day, you guys tell me why you would worry about being regulated. I mean, look at real estate agents. They've been regulated since the beginning of time doesn't stop them from selling thousands and thousands of homes. So I'm curious, what is the conversation around regulation? Why is that such a big deal? And maybe I, I need to be enlightened. Is it just people's adverse feeling to actually like getting a license of any sort? Is it people are adverse to letting anybody know anything about their business? I, I, I would, I'm curious and there's nothing wrong with any of those answers. I'm curious why that would be a problem. But to answer your question, Joe Carson, do I have any concerns that the show might uh, push the agenda of stricter regulation on wholesaling? No, actually, I feel like it puts a really good light on wholesaling. Um, A&E has done a really wonderful job with us and highlighting what whole, wholesaling really is and how it solves people's problems. Um, and A&E 
there is no what, what's amazing about this tv show is there is nobody that's turned into a villain at all on the show it's all positive it's kind of like the ted lasso of real estate investing so hopefully that um gives you a good answer pace have a wide price range of houses i'm talking to uh sellers with do you look for a target fee or do you go for a percentage of the contract price so here's guys i'm going to teach you guys something really simple and nobody's teaching this because i feel like nobody knows this it's interesting to me um you need to think write this down mike from boulder i want you to write this down okay i want you to write down that you have to start write this down so truly truly write this down start oops my bad wrong wrong pen start with your buyer in mind what does that mean that means that care about your buyer stop worrying about what you're going to make on the deal and think what is your buyer going to make on the deal so let me do some quick math for you let's say that the arv of a house is um two hundred thousand dollars so many people new in this business don't understand that this business is a relationship business. And at the end of the day, you don't really ever have thousands of real buyers. You might have a list of thousands of people, but will thousands of people ever buy a house from you? Hell no. It turns out that about five to maybe eight people will be the main people that buy all your houses on your cash deals. You really don't go outside of a, a, a sell box. I mean, it, all of our cash buyers end up being the same people we know, we like, we trust them. Yes, do we have to market to a thousand people to kind of find those people? Yeah, but at the end of the day, most of our deals don't get sold through email anymore. Most of our deals get sold through text message. So what does that mean? That means that we care about our buyers and we care about that relationship that we have. So at the end of the day, we also care that they actually make money. So instead of us thinking, how can we squeeze out every dime of this deal? We always start with the buyer in mind. So let's think about that. If the ARV is $200,000 um, and I know that the renovation is, let's say, roughly $30,000. Well, the reality is the renovation is not the only thing that that buyer has to worry about. So I've got to think about this. What else does this buyer have to worry about? They have to pay for closing costs when they pay for, oops, not closing costs. My bad, guys. My I, this iPad thing has been an interesting world for me the last couple of days. So let's say my um, my closing costs are thirty five hundred bucks. So when they buy the house from you, guess what they have to do? They have to pay closing costs, right? And then they have lender fees. They have to pay their lender's fee plus interest and all that stuff. Let's say that's another seven thousand dollars for the deal. Now they're going to have payments to that lender. Uh, not, not so much payments to the lenders because that's including the 7,000. It's more like payments to the utilities. In Arizona, we got pest control. And yes, we are keeping pest control going while we're doing renovations here. We've got pool maintenance. We've got landscape maintenance. All the maintenance on the property while they're renovating the house. You think they're not rent Do you think they're not maintaining anything while they're um, taking care of it? So they got maintenance, right? Utilities, maintenance, et cetera. So let's say that's another 3,000 bucks. Okay, I'm just throwing these numbers out to to prove a point. Okay. And then let's say that their actual renovation is thirty thousand dollars. 
most wholesalers don't ever look at these because they don't care. Most wholesalers, and this is why most wholesalers don't succeed is because they don't really care about their customer. Their customer is their cash buyer. What most wholesalers think is how do I get my fee and F everybody? They don't think F everybody else, but by think by not thinking about your buyer, you in essence are saying F everybody else, right? You have to understand that your buyer is your customer and you want them to come back and back and back and back for more. So let's put all that into consideration. And then when they sell the house, they're going to spend probably as a, a real estate professional with maybe their wife is their realtor or maybe they are their realtor or whatever. They're going to sell it and they're probably going to pay about 5% to sell that property. And a lot of brand new people go, well, how is that possible? It's 3% to an agent. Um, another agent's 1%. That's only 4%. Well, guys, um, when you actually fix and flip, you would know the answer to this is that it's usually the average, even for us, when we sell a house, even with my wife selling the house for us at 1%, we end up selling and it costs us about 8% to sell a house. That's with my wife being a 1% listing fee. If you've never fixed a fix and flipped a house, don't argue with me on this because it's 100% real. Okay, 8%. So think about that. That's $16,000 they got to spend to um, essentially um, just sell their house. Now, I always put a buffer in there as well because I am a fix and flipper as well. So I understand that every fix and flipper is always going to throw a buffer number in there for things that go wrong, unplanned things, whatever. Okay, so let's do that math real quick. What most people are going to do is they're going to come in here and they're going to say, I want to squeeze this out. And most wholesalers, um, I'm a wholesaler as well. So I'm not contesting and arguing with wholesalers because I love wholesaling. It's amazing. It's one of the greatest businesses of all time. But what they'll do is they'll come in here and they'll just look at ARV minus 70% minus repairs. They don't look at closing costs, lenders, maintenance. Uh, they don't look at what it costs to sell. They don't look at a buffer. But I can tell you every single professional cash buyer is going to laugh at you when you lie and you say ARV is 215. And what you're doing is you're trying to justify a fabrication or a lie. The ARV is not 215. Stop lying to people. We don't lie when we tell people our ARVs. In fact, we let them come up with their own ARV. Real cash buyers laugh at you behind your back. And they used to laugh at us behind our back before we realized that they are our customer. We need to take care of them. Okay. So the ARV is 200,000. Let's take all that stuff out of here. And this is why formulas don't work. Okay. This is why the 70% doesn't work. This is why a lot of things that these um, people will teach you on YouTube, me included, I accept I don't teach this on YouTube. Um, they will teach you to buy at 70% minus repairs or 75% minus repairs. Okay. And so that number means that your buyer, pay attention to this, your buyer would have to buy this from you at $135,000 or $135,500 for that buyer to break even. And when you break this down and you actually pay attention to this, you will think about wholesaling completely differently. Now, if you've never fixed and flipped a house, then you don't understand this and you'll, you'll disagree with me or you'll be like, what are all these numbers all about? Okay. So 135. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell my, um, my buyer, I look at my buyers and I say, you know what? 
I would say that most of my buyers are okay with making 10%. Okay. The ones that are doing volume fix and flipping, they're doing two fix and flips a month. They're okay with making 10%. So I'm going to take 10% off of that, which would be uh, $20,000. That's their profit. Okay. Their profit to fix and flip a house. They make $20,000. And when I start thinking about what my buyer is going to potentially make, I now think of things completely different. And I have this confidence of telling my buyer, I know you can make at least 10% on this deal. Okay. Now for me, we now look at that and let's say a seller says, well, uh, the seller says, well, Pace, you know, we really need $150,000 for this house. Well, I then divert that to creative finance, or I then start working on negotiating because I already know that I have to get that deal below if they bought it at 135 they're going to take the one or they're going to take the 20 grand off that means okay forget about these all these formulas and all these percentages and all that kind of stuff that means i have to buy this deal for $115,000 for me to break even and my buyer to then make $20,000. And if you are not following the math, go back and rewatch it. I'm not going to redo this math. You guys can rewatch it again and again and get this math. It's very simple. So I then know that that's my, that's my buy number. 115, that's my buy number. Okay. So if 115 is my buy number, at that point, how do I know that I can make my money? This is how we know. I know that if I sell this for 115, I would break even because my buyer is going to want to buy it at 115. He makes 20, which brings it to the 135. Then that he's got all their costs and all that kind of stuff in there for $200,000. And if they sell it for $210,000, the market is really hot and they have a bidding war, then for man, go do that. Go make more money. But for me, I'm going to tell my team, I want to buy this at $100,000 or less. So your question, okay, right here, do you look for a target fee or do you go for a percentage of the contract price? That is not how that works. What I do is I have to earn my money. I know that if my team locks it up at 115, I'm breaking even. I know that if my team break, uh, locks it up at 95,000, I'm going to make 20 grand. So my goal is to buy deep. That is how I make my money. I don't make my money by lying to my buyers. I don't make my, my money by fabricating construction costs. I don't make my money by representing my properties incorrectly. I make all of my money by buying underneath what I believe a buyer will pay for it. And me understanding what a buyer will actually pay for a property is why I've been in this business for a long time. And my company is well-respected is because my buyers make money on my properties. And not only that, but my buyers then come back for more and more and more, and we do more and more business together. Okay. So I know that's a long explanation, but I hope that answers it. We have never, and I don't actually know any wholesaler. And if they tell you that they, they do use a percentage, they're lying to you. They, nobody's using a percentage. Your buyer is going to buy it at whatever they're going to buy it for. And you should know that. You should know that in this business of what a cash buyer is going to pay for something. And then it's your job to buy it underneath that price. And way, the way you make your money and how you make as much money as possible is by being the best dang negotiator you can potentially be. So 
Hopefully, that answers your question. Okay. Um, 75% repair, minus repairs, Aaron Leitz, one of my good students, um, does not work in many markets. It just doesn't. Okay. So Lawrence Swartz says, Pace, but if you do 75, 70% minus repairs, I think that's a safe bet for the seller. I'm not quite sure what that means, but um, I think a lot, here's, here's the thing. Okay. I'm going to, you guys want to know why people t teach you guys that? People teach you that is because it's a really quick and easy, dirty model that works sometimes. And do you see how long it took for me to break down how to reverse engineer what my buy price is? Took a long time. It took probably seven minutes. So if every guru out there, and I guess you could call, call me a guru. Would you guys call me a guru? I'm curious. Do, you guys, do people out there go, oh yeah, Pace is a guru? Who knows? I don't, I don't even know. Um, so all these gurus out there, um, get sick of answering the same damn question. One million times. I can tell you if I showed you my DMS just from today of people that are like, how do I get into the Astro live? And I'm like, I've been literally talking about it for a week. I've posted five times on my Instagram. I've posted on my stories 25 times. I've had people tag their friends and I've like, Here's one way to get in. Here's a second way to get in. Here's a third way to get in. And still, people still have a hard time getting in, okay? We live in a world where human beings have a really hard time catching on to things, and me included. Me included. I, I'm not criticizing. I'm, I'm one of those people as well. In fact, my wife and I um, went on a date today, okay? And we hired a professional photographer to come over and teach my wife and I photography because we're doing something together. We travel a lot. Um, we obviously love our kids and eating food and stuff like that. And so we're like, Hey, teach us how to take really good quality photos. Oh my gosh. It's like, I had to remind myself what it was like to learn real estate for the first time. Like my, my brain was melting. I had to like take notes. And so I get it. I get how long it takes to learn things. But here's the thing is that most gurus get sick of answering the same question over and over and over and over the correct way, which would take about 15 to 30 minutes to answer the question the proper way. And so somebody came up with this formula, which for a lot of times, if I went to all of our deals and most successful wholesalers went to their deals and they followed the 70% formula, it doesn't always, it does. in fact, it probably doesn't work half the time. And then what happens is a lot of people We'll lock up a deal based on that, right? Just by watching something on some free YouTube. And then they go, I can't sell my deal. What do I do? I can't sell my deal. Well, you don't have a deal. You have a contract with a seller at too high of a price. You don't have a deal. A deal is something that somebody can make money on, right? So um, I, I hate to say that, but that's that's true. It is 100% true. Um, so... Joe Carson says, so I'm curious why they are why they are putting on a national platform. Everybody knows what a realtor does. Few know what wholesalers do. A few fully understand the service. Well, in the TV show, we actually don't break down and like educate people on wholesaling. We just show people, hey, at the beginning of every, every episode, we essentially talk about two to four houses. And we say, okay, well, this house, we want to actually fix and flip ourselves. And then this one, we're going to go sell to our friends. It's, it's basically that simple. Okay. We're not sitting here like breaking down an assignment contract and all that kind of stuff. We're not doing that. Okay. 
we're, we're telling people that, hey, if you can't buy this house because maybe you have too many fix and flips in your pipeline, then get one of your friends to buy it from you, right? So the TV audience doesn't really learn it as wholesaling. In fact, we don't ever use the word wholesaling. I don't believe in the entire series. So hopefully um, that is what you're hoping for. Um, oh, that's cool. Jay White says, I had a buyer call me and give me an extra 600 bucks because he made more than he was expecting after a, rent, a reno. That's amazing. Um, yeah, so Emil Lenz says, wholesalers work on the greater fool theory. I, I, I get this. And sometimes I am the greater fool. We, we bought a deal from a wholesaler. We knew we weren't going to make money on it. We were hoping to break even on it. Um, we bought the deal because we wanted to establish a relationship with that wholesaler who was doing, you know, three to five deals a month. And so we really wanted to be one of their good buyers to see if we could, you know, maybe break even on one, knowing that they were sending out really horrible deals, which is so funny now in hindsight, like that's the kind of person I want to develop a relationship with is somebody who is blatantly sending out deals that nobody can make money on. That's who I want to develop relationships with. You know, you imagine like, um, you know, Elon Musk making a pro making a car that doesn't work, blatantly knowing that a car doesn't work and going out there and marketing it and feeling good about that. No, take pride in your business. Take pride in what you're doing. You should be like turning in your sleep, your in your sleep, stressing about making sure that your customers are happy, right? For me, th think about all, everything I stress about. I stress about my buyers. Are they happy? Are they friends of mine? Are we going? Am I, are, am I being invited to their birthday parties? Am I invited places with them? Do they enjoy being around me? I want my cash buyers to be more than just cash buyers. I want them to be my friends. Same thing with my students. I want my students not to just be students of mine. I want my students to be people I do deals with. I, might, I want my students doing deals with other students. I want my students helping non-students. I stress about quality, 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 quality more than anything else. And so I think that's the challenge with a lot of wholesalers is that they're just looking for a quick 10,000 bucks. And I think I can understand the justification. The justification is, well, I'm in, I, you know, I just need to desperately sell this first deal, get 10 grand, 15 grand. Then I'm in this business full time. Now there's nothing stopping me. Um, and I get that. Totally get that. Um, just long term, it just doesn't work out. Um, Emil Letts, are any of your buyers corporate buyers? Honestly, not really. Um, we, we do sell, we've sold a whole bunch to open door. We've got a handful of deals being sold to a hedge fund. And then on Tuesday, I actually have a, an iBuyer and a hedge fund coming into my mentorship to talk about their buy box in like 20 States. So guys, if you are a sub two student Tuesday at 4 PM, Danny Perkinson, um, is going to be coming in talking about all the deals that they're buying in about 20 states and that they want to buy all your deals. So sub two students tune in on Tuesday for that private Zoom. Um, Joe Carson says, I fully support transparency and honesty and I'm not against it. I've met some shady people I would stray far away from. Okay, cool. Um, Freddie says, regulation can be great if there's input from people like you shaping the regulations. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, Al Edmondson, are you, Pace, are you hating on Cody? You're married. He, he's still working on it. He needs, yeah, he does. You're right. Um, creative thinking investment. I wish I knew what your actual name was. Guys, I'm going to give you guys some really good advice. The reason why I've been able to build my personal brand among, among other things, right? Obviously I'm relentlessly providing value to you guys and trying to change the game and the way people do this business, but people actually know my name. 
right? I'm going to give you an uh, advice. If your name on YouTube or your name on Instagram is not your actual name, rethink that. Please rethink that because I can tell you tomorrow, Creative Thinking Investment Group, which I think is a great LLC name. I love it. It's not a great brand name. You're, the greatest brand that you will ever create is your own name. Write that down. If you took nothing away from this um, live except for that, the greatest brand you will ever create is your own name. I want to know your name. Okay. I want to know your name. Zane Rogers says, will I need a license in every state I market to? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know the answers to that. And I think that we're a good 10 to 15 years away from any real change happening in wholesaling. Um, it takes a long time. The, the wheels of the government take a very, very long time. And yes, there are a couple of states that ask you to get a wholesaling license or you need to be a licensed realtor in Illinois. Guys, that's easy. First and foremost, who's wholesaling in Illinois? Like it's cold half the year. Wholesale in warm markets where there's activity going on all year around. There's this another nugget. You want to have a consistent business without worrying about leads? Go to a warm market. Wholesale in a warm market that people are fixing and flipping all year round because at the end of the day, who are our buyers? Our buyers are fix and flippers. And if the fix and flippers are in negative 20 degree weather in Chicago, do you think they're fixing and flipping houses? No. They're not buying in those markets and at that time. So think about where you're investing your time and energy. Make sure you are investing in warm markets where people are fixing and flipping all year round, okay? Um, Jason Gaber says, uh, regulation cuts out the fat. Bring it on. I agree, right? Um, Joe Carson says, let me clarify. Also, I support honesty. I was just curious. I, I know you do. I totally I appreciated the question, by the way. Um, I, your question is, was an amazing question. I just think a lot of people are adverse to, um, you know, this regulation thing, which is an interesting thing to me because I don't see any real good solid argument for lack of regulation other than it costs, like it would cost some money. Right. And if that is the cost of regulation is weeding some of the people out that are bad apples. We get in Phoenix. I really wish Phoenix had regulation. I really, really do wish Phoenix had regulation. And the reason being is because we have a lot of wholesalers in Phoenix that are locking up contracts well over retail. And then what they're doing is they're filing memorandums on people's houses and they're putting these sellers in really, really bad situations. And so I am, I am all for reg regulation in Arizona because I live here. Um, I would love to get rid of those people and put them on notice. And I don't know how else to do that, right? Like these people are living in their, their parents' basements. You can't find them. I don't, I don't know where they are. And so at the end of the day, I don't know what regulation would look like. If it is just registering that you're a wholesaler and getting your name like registered with the state, well, you're doing that with an LLC anyway. So like you're already spending money on an LLC. You're spending money on a website to market yourself. Like what would be an extra 300, 400 bucks a year to let people know I'm actually a registered or a licensed wholesaler or maybe not even a broker, but maybe somebody that, you know, real estate acquisition person or whatever it is. I don't see the problem with it, to be honest. Um, let's see. Pace, 
so do you don't recommend going into small market like two hours outside the main city? No, I think that's a great, those are great markets to go into. I think one of the most important thing is, um, one of the most important things for me when I look at a market is I don't care really so much about the size of the market. I care about the activity of what's going on inside of that market. So if I go to a market, think about this, ask yourself this question, guys. If I go to a market, I don't care where I live because most of the people I see virtually wholesaling are like in New Jersey, New York. They're wholesaling outside of those states. A lot of people in California are wholesaling outside of California. California, I think you could dominate. You could kill in California. People have this mental hang up. I have a lot of students, Chuck, Billy, Ty, Vincent. Um, I could go on and on and on. Noah, I could go on and on and on and on about all the students in California from basically just north of Tijuana all the way up past the Redwoods. Tons of students crushing in California. But most of the people that are wholesaling outside of their states, I'm seeing a lot of Northeast, a lot of people from the Northeast are wholesaling outside. And guess where they're wholesaling? They're wholesaling in warmer markets where people are actually fi fixing flipping year round. This is a, a conversation that most people don't talk about, but think about it. Most people, most of the hottest markets, most of the hottest markets out there right now for wholesaling and fixing and flipping are markets that are actually warm year round or they're not frozen. Okay. So I don't care how small the market is. I don't care if it's a hundred thousand people or whatever. It doesn't need to be millions. It can be a hundred thousand, but it needs to be a market where people can fix and flip year round without weather issues. Okay. Um, Diane says, I like expanding cities surrounding areas. I had, uh, an, um, I, that's a word I've never heard of before. Emolument. I don't, I've never heard that word before. And home ownership, top high rental will make selling difficult, but this data is gold. Okay. Houston is Fuego. How will I bring value to a student so they can help me with a deal? Juan, you bring my students a lead. Don't bring them a lead on Zillow, by the way. Okay. I get so many people are like, Hey, Pace, I got, I, I, I want to pull up my Instagram DMs and show you guys. I get people that DM me, they go, man, I got this amazing lead. I got this amazing lead. I got this amazing lead. And I'm like, okay, let's get on the phone. And I'll get on the phone. Dude, they have literally never to talked to the seller. They have literally never talked to the seller. Let me have you guys write something down. If you're a brand new student or not a student, if you're brand new to this business, write this down. Don't ever ask for somebody's help if you're not willing to do the smallest amount of work of calling the seller and seeing what's going on with that situation. Because I see so many people like, oh my gosh, I see this house on Zillow. It's not a lead. A lead is someone who has told you they are open to a conversation about selling their property. That's a lead. If they have not spoken to you, they are not a lead. They are a prospect. Okay. They are a prospect. Okay. They are not a lead. So, so many people come to me and they go, I've got a lead. I got a lead. No, you don't. You have somebody that doesn't even know you exist that is online that you looked up there. You saw them on Zillow or whatever, because you don't want to spend any money. So you're on these free websites, which I totally get, totally get that when you're starting out, but call the damn seller. It's not a lead unless you've spoken to them. Okay. So that's first step. Don't ever ask for help if you're not willing to do the smallest amount of work, which would be call the seller. Okay. And if you need help with scripts, you need help with any of that kind of stuff, text our community 
the, the phone number and just say, hey, I need scripts. Does anybody have my community phone number? I think Kelly has it. Hold on a second. If you guys ask for stuff, we will get it to you. Scripts, whatever you need help with. Now, there's a lot of people that tuned in a little bit late. Um, who has not gotten my ebook, the sub two seller spells? Who has not gotten that ebook, by the way? I, I, I told you guys I'm not a big fan of, um, I'm not a fan of ebooks. So I created a video ebook. And this was one of the things we brought up in the very beginning, but that, you know, we have well over 300 people between Cody's channel, my channel and my Facebook group. Uh, let's see, we've got 231 people on my Instagram page. And then between Cody and my Facebook group, we've got another roughly hundred people. So we got about 375 people watching live. But when we first started, it takes a while for people to trickle in here because they know that I'm doing like housekeeping items. So anybody that has not gotten the ebook, go go ahead and go download that. Um, it, I'll show you what it looks like so you guys know. Um, it's basically just me showing you guys how to talk to sellers. Okay, this is my ebook right here. Um, sub two seller spells, and I, I basically I call a when a seller lies to you or creates an objection that you can't overcome. I call that a seller spell, okay? And so you can see right here, I wrote sub two seller spells incantations for the creative investor. So when a seller throws a spell at you, the way we break a spell is an incantation. And so basically, look how stupid this is. Look at this dumbass right here. This dumbass dressed up like a freaking wizard. What a dumbass. Um, so anyway, do me a do me a favor and uh, download that ebook completely free. Just want to help you guys out, give you guys some value. I've never seen anybody do anything like that, to be honest. Uh, Freddie says, my community number is 480-531-6489. Um, guys, text that number and then tell Kelly you want some seller scripts and we'll get you some scripts. They're all beautifully laid out. There's a good flow to them. It shows you exactly how to talk to a seller. And then... Um, you can ask her for really anything. She'll tell you what we are willing to give away, what we're not willing to give away. Um, obviously, giving away like purchase contracts for sub two and seller finance is something I, I have never done. And I will never do that um, because I give those to my students. We update them every six months. I spend about seven to $10,000 every six months to update our new contracts based on new legislation that's coming out, new things that we learn about the industry, better things that might help us here or there. I've got a new type of contract coming out called a dating period contract um, that I'm going to be bringing in my attorney to draft that. That'll cost me like 2000 bucks to get that, dra that drafted probably. So I'm not going to give those things away unless they're to my students. Okay. So there's a lot of things I give away, but uh, certain things I don't, but you guys can definitely, definitely um, ask Kelly for other things. Um, the ebook will give you, I, I'm giving it to you guys again. I'll put it up on the screen. The ebook essentially gives you four seller objections. And then I also am on the phone. I lock up a seller in the, in that ebook. And I actually now own that property. I bought it from a gentleman named Ted 
Miller, one of my students, I ended up locking up the deal for my student on a, a live recorded call on like a, a Zoom call and uh, ended up buying the deal from that seller. And um, that house is being turned into an Airbnb. So that'll be really, really good. So um, Big Daddy Josh says, positive self-talk, brother. I, good point, but it was, it was more tongue-in-cheek, just being funny. Um, let's see. Mark says, hey, Pace, when a seller, is a, a seller is a spouse or business partner and they're interested in terms and ask you to send over an email, they can further discuss with the other person do you push for a call or a specific script overview via e email? Here's the thing is, this is another, this is a seller spell, by the way. That's a seller spell, okay? And the incantation or the seller spell is the seller's lying to you and they're creating this shroud of secrecy. I need to talk to my partner. Can you please send me an email? Is also them holding up a sign saying, you've not built enough credibility with me. You've not built enough rapport with me. I don't trust you, but I really do like you. And I think you're a nice guy, so I don't want to hurt your feelings. So I'm going to tell you to send me something via email that I'm never going to review. And in fact, I'm probably going to start ghosting your phone calls. That's actually what that means. So usually it's a, a way you're talking to the seller with lack of credibility, lack of confidence, um, lack of flow, which is, you know, you need to, that's the answer. It's not usually. It's 100% of the time that's the answer. One, let me say that one more time. 100% of the time a seller asks you to send them something via email, that's the answer. That's the answer. It's 100% of the time. You get me on the phone, I'm telling you, we had a gentleman named Matt Suddeth, okay? Matt Suddeth in the free creative finance Facebook group, our creative finance Facebook group with over three, no, 30,000 members in our creative finance uh, Facebook group, uh, Creative Finance with Pace Morby. Matt Suddeth, active member in there, wins a contest. The contest was him to come on to Sunday service, which he was on here a couple of weeks ago, if you guys remember. And I told Matt, I said, Matt, what's going on in your business? He says, well, the main thing that's going on in my business is I am having a hard time converting sellers with creative finance. And I'm like, well, because you don't understand the flow of the conversation. So why don't you put uh, 10 phone calls together for me? and I will call them for you in a private Zoom. And I just did that on Saturday. And I made I ended up making five calls in two hours for him. And I, I would say that we locked up at least three contracts, probably a fourth contract. Um, we're waiting for, I can't remember. Oh, we're waiting for one of the sellers is meeting with the CPA on Monday, I think is what it was. Um, but it was like, bing, 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 bing. Contract, 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 contract. And everything that Matt Suddeth was saying was like, Bro, it's different when you're on the phone. I'm like, yeah, because I know what I'm doing, right? And then letting you watch somebody that knows what they're doing on these kind of phone calls, it's, guys, it's game changing to watch somebody that knows what they're doing on a phone call. Monkey see, monkey do. Remember that. If you are learning from people in this business that are not actively in the business, how the freak do you think you're going to learn? Because we as human beings want to see somebody do something before we actively do it ourselves. Okay. Monkey see, monkey do. Monkey see, monkey do. I show my students or I show my people how to do things by me actively doing it. Instead of talking about doing it, I do it. And I do it better than anybody I've ever met talking to. I've never met anybody anywhere near as good at talking to sellers as me. And so, I 
call my student sellers and I lock up contracts for them. And then a lot of times I end up buying those deals. So there's a massive benefit for me to continue to do that. But more important is that you get to actually watch somebody who knows what they're doing do it. And that changes the entire thought process and the pattern in your mind about what that should look like. And so I can tell you, if you're having a hard time with sellers and they're saying, send me something, it's because there's a lack of credibility, lack of confidence, lack of rapport building. You have not dug into their pain and you have not followed a sales process to get to where you need to go. Okay. Um, Tristan and Kamahai out of Cal, uh, out of Hawaii, give me some love. They said, never met anyone close to you, man. Um, bro, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Lawrence Swartz says, is it possible to lock up a contract if a house is owned by nine heirs and out of those nine heirs, only eight are interested in selling? One of them doesn't want to let the house go. Um, yes, you can. I, I've been in, I've been party to this. Those eight can actually vote and get rid of that other one person's vote. Um, it costs money. They have to go through an attorney. They have to go through all that whole process. So at the end of the day, the answer is yes, but it does require some time, energy, and resources. And you're going to have to go and sit down with an attorney that knows what they're doing in, in that situation. Okay. Uh, Pedro says, any sub two students in South Florida have a question on a potential deal? Um, Pedro, do not bother my students unless you've actually spoken to the seller. If you have spoken to the seller, then by all means, reach out to my students. I get so many people that are reaching out to students that have actually never spoken to the seller. Guys, don't do that. Get on the damn phone. Call the seller. Tee up my students and my students will close the deals for you. Okay? Tee up my students and my students will lock up the deals for you. But don't and I, I, I doubt that's the situation with Pedro at all because, you know, Pedro's awesome. But guys, take that, write that down. Don't ever reach out for somebody's help unless you've done a little bit, bit of work. It's, you're wasting both your time. And I get a lot of people DM me and go, hey, man, your, your students are ghosting me. Yeah, because you sent them a Zillow lead that you've never spoken to before. You've sent them a Zillow lead that you've never spoken to before. So... Uh, Pedro, we have about 400 students in Florida. In South Florida, um, I'd probably say we've got 200 plus, maybe 250, something like that. Um, Jeremy Ray says, I love talking to sellers and meeting face to face, but I haven't done a, a deal yet. Well, bro, you're going to do just fine in this business. If you enjoy talking to sellers and you enjoy going face to face, then you will absolutely absolutely do well. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Um, Christian Hernandez, one of my students, uh, amazing guy. It's all I watch on my free time is pace talking to sellers. Um, cause I have a fun time doing it. It's like a little sitcom, right? Everyone answer that question. What's going on in your business? Al Edmondson. That's a great thing. Have everybody put that in the side chat guys. Tell people, tell everybody, We've got 375 people total between our all of our streams. We've got nearly 400 people in here. I would love to see 400 people say, my name is Al. Okay. Um, I'm in Florida. I am a sub two student and I'm working on this, whatever it is. Say that and, and let everybody network with each other here in the chat. Okay. Mark Gura says, you are right on point. This is about the building credibility, confidence, all that kind of stuff. You're right on point and still need to work on establishing my credibility and building better trust and rapport. So the answer is yes. Um, I would set a call. But at the end of the day, Mark, I would maybe go watch some of my, sell my recorded seller calls um, and get some 
some confidence, right? Or get another sub two student to help you out in that scenario. Always bringing in a diff, uh, an additional person will help you out, okay? Um, let's see, Frank. Frank's referencing something that's interesting, Jess. Let's see if there's a Jess up here. Pace, when you close a deal for one of your students, do you get a portion of the funds? No, I do not. Um, I don't want to be involved in their deals at all because I don't want to look as if I'm taking advantage of them at all. However, if I do lock up a deal that I want to buy, I will buy my, I will buy the deal for my student and pay them an assignment fee. In fact, um, one of my students, Ted Miller asked me for a specific assignment fee. This just happened the other day. Um, he asked for, it was a deal with no equity and no cash flow, a sub two deal. And he asked for a $5,000 assignment fee. And I pay, I said, you know what? I'm not going to just pay you a $5,000 assignment fee. I'm going to pay you $7,500 assignment fee. I'm going to pay for your flight to come out to Arizona. And I'm going to have, I'm going to um, have you enter into my mastermind for lifetime. So he asked for $5,000 and he ended up getting five times that cost, five times that I, I I'm not ever trying to take advantage of my students. In fact, I'm going the opposite direction. Um, I bought, I closed the deal. I paid for the deal. I hired the attorney. I own the deal and I gave him five times more than what he asked for. Am I doing that every time? No, but I definitely do take care of my students. Um, yes. Uh, Tanner Ingram. Oh, this was Tanner was last night on the Zoom. So Tanner, thank you so much for following back up on this. I appreciate that. It says, Pace, I just want to say thank you. I met with Roger and his partner, Ben, today, and we meet again tomorrow to start working on the basics. Good job, bro. Good, good job. Um, Carolina Allen, Carolina Allen, um, her name is not how it is pronounced. I, all of us knuckleheads would say Carolina, but it's Carolina. Um, she's amazing. She's a newer student. Her and her husband, Stephen Allen are newer students. Uh, they're doing well and they were on last Sunday's Sunday service. So go watch that if you guys are interested. Um, okay. Let's see here. A lot of people introducing themselves. I freaking love for that. Jess Ham says, whoa, thanks, Pace. Look for me as a student within weeks. Um, what I would do if you guys are interested in becoming a student, I would make sure you actually have an, there's an open area. Because I think as of right now, there's 17 areas that are sold out. Um, let's see. Here we go. Let me type this out for you guys. Uh, mentorship is actually sold out in multiple cities. And so if I were you guys, is I would go here and I would see if there's an opening in your city before you spend the time and energy planning to be part of our community, um, I would make sure that there's even an opening in our community, okay? Um, are you smarter than an eighth grader? I don't know. I honestly, in some ways, I don't think I am, okay? Mark says... Um, to anybody contemplating Pace's course, I'm brand new, and I can assure you that the value of the content knowledge community is a bargain. Thank you, brother. And the cool, cool thing about it is it's lifetime, right? So in five years, you have access to me, still be able to come into the Zooms and communicate with all the students. And um, I mean, this week alone, I've got a hedge fund coming in. I've got one of my attorneys coming in. I've got my escrow officer coming in to talk about very specific niche topics that you'll never find on YouTube. You'll never find in a book. These are And, they're, and then also... I've got a deal that I bought from another student that has three sub two loans on it in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm actually going to start marketing that property on uh, this coming week. 
and I'm going to show you guys and we're going to do it together. Like we actually do the deals together rather than you just watching some. If you guys have ever joined a mentorship where it's only recordings and like one call a week, run for the hills, run for the hills. If you're just, and then on top of it, you're joining a mentorship that has only six month time frame. run for the hills. Do not buy those courses. Join a course, join a community that has lifetime access, has multiple different aspects to it. I think weekly we have 25 Zooms per week. In fact, I should show you guys what our, what our Zooms look like. This is an interesting conversation. For anybody that doesn't know what we do inside of Sub2, let's go to last week's Zoom schedule. I will pull up everything we did last week in one little screenshot. You guys can see everything. Check this out. So every single day on average, and if you're a sub two student, you don't even know this. There's some students that don't even know how many we do, but check this out. So if you look here, let me scroll in a little bit. Let me make this go full screen so we can see this a little bit better. Boom, there we go. Okay, so um, you'll see new student hangout is on Sunday. So Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., all the new students come in and hang out with me. And then um, on, at 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. every morning, every morning we do role-playing, right? So that's East Coast role-playing. So everybody comes in, they hang out with each other, they get to know each other, um, they uh, role-play, they go through seller objections, and it's a, absolutely the best community on planet Earth, okay? And then we do another one at 7 a.m., these are, by the way, these are Arizona time. So East Coast Daily Dial actually starts at 8 a.m. East Coast time. Um, and then the West Coast Daily Dial starts at 7 a.m. Arizona time. So we have just right there in the first four hours of the morning from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m., we have 20, 40, we have 40, uh, 44 hours. Is that right? No, four times five. Okay, so 20 hours right here. 20 hours of role-playing and community building every single morning. And guys, I'm not, we don't have 10 people show up to these things. Uh, anywhere between 100 to 300 people show up to these Zooms in the morning. On Friday morning, we underwrite deals on the West Coast Daily Dial, so that's a lot of fun. Last week, we had my escrow officer come in, and we actually created a note and a deed of trust right there live. Then I had flight school. Oh, that flight school was so dope. This is what we did for flight school. I realize that a lot of people, a lot of new students are so fearful to talk to sellers that what I did is I actually got on the phone and called sellers and I let my students be on three-way with me so they could be on the phone call with me. And I just gave my students like two or three sentences to say, but I controlled the conversation. I was the pilot and then they were able to be the co-pilot and that's why I call it flight school. And so any student that has not talked to a seller we put them through flight school. So we get them on the phone, but we give them a pilot to make sure that they're not flying alone. Hopefully that makes sense. And we did that last uh, Monday. We're going to be doing that weekly from here on out. And then every Tuesday, I have a Tuesday general Q&A. Every Tuesday right here, this, this Zoom right here, every Tuesday is um, four, sometimes five hours. I'll be in here just general Q&A. And then um, my team does helps people find, um, talk, talk to sellers. My team helps people talk, my students talk to sellers, help them find buyers, and then we comp their deals. That's one, two, three of those a week. 
Then um, Caroline talks to the new students again, just giving them resources. Then we do acquisition training on Friday night. And then I did a wrap Zoom at 6 a.m. on Saturday. Um, then we did that. And then I called sellers for Matt Suddeth. And then on Saturday night, um, I also did the Zoom last night for three hours or whatever that was. So these were all the lives I did last week. That's one week. That's a standard week for us at Sub2. So when people are joining mentorships and they're... Um, this, the, the, the groups that they're joining are having one call a week. Uh, Jordan Fisher says, did you post this week's Zooms? No, usually Jordan, I'll, I'll usually post these Zooms um, on either Sunday, which is why you're asking the question, or I'll, uh, or I'll post those on uh, Monday morning. And so I've got to, unfortunately, I've got to wait for Monday morning to post this schedule because I'm waiting for my attorney to get back to me when he gets to his office tomorrow morning regarding a time that I'm, I want him to come in and talk about a couple of things. Tanner Ingram says, it's crazy. I'm not even a student. And when I hear people talk, when I talk to people about PB&J Trio and their mentorship, they say it's a scam. I just laugh. Yeah, it's interesting. I would be curious if you could ever find a student of mine that would ever say that my, my program is a scam. Yeah, the thing is with my program, it's lifetime right? I get to know my students. I love them all. They all become fam family. I had students of mine stay at my house last week. Um, so it's amazing. Um, anyway, so sorry, less about the mentorship. Let's go back into anybody, anybody's question. Um, ooh, I, li I do like that, Rick. He says, sub two is a premier mentorship, not fluff. The group collaboration is what makes it so powerful. I, I agree. Um, Thank you. Carolina says, I would say other programs are scams. The sub two is the real thing. This is cool. Crystal Jeff, new to the program and the members and knowledge is definitely amazing. That's the, the community that we cultivate is we can cultivate a community of people that um, are here to help each other and love each other, right? So um, Aaron Leet says, Pace, what markets do you think are going to be great for getting started in real estate investing in the next 12 to 24 months? You know, dude, honestly, Aaron, we thought, um, you know, with the zero to hero challenge, we thought that North Carolina was going to be really, really challenging. And we thought that was going to be um, tough for us. And what ended up happening is uh, it actually ended up being easier than any market we've ever worked in. And so Charlotte, North Carolina, we've been doubling down there. Um, a lot of activity, a lot of opportunity, a lot of older homes that need renovation. So good opportunities to buy at deep discounts. We're getting $40,000 assignments out there. Whereas Arizona, we're getting like fifteen dollars to $18,000 assignments, which don't get me wrong, those are good assignments. Um, but that is a, a great market. North Carolina, short, Charlotte. And the thing is like, think about it. We've got 351 people on here between all of the different channels. Okay. 351 people. How many of those people are going to stop everything they're doing to go over to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, because I said so? Maybe five to 10. Okay. A hundred people could go to North Carolina and it wouldn't be oversaturated. 500 more people could go into North Carolina and then it would start, you would start feeling the saturation. So I would say that um, Charlotte, North Carolina, we've been pleasantly surprised there. Atlanta, Georgia, I feel like is one of the most underrated, most amazing places to, to do deals. There are older homes that need a lot of love and really, really deep discounts to be had there, right? So um, let's see. 
Rocky Tharp says Zoom marathon last week. Yeah, it was a really big, uh, really big one, right? Um, so Jess Ham says, I've been communicating with Adam Dang regarding your mentorship. Is he actually part of sub two mentorship? So Adam Dang is one of my, um, team members. He actually works for me. His paycheck comes from me and he is part of what we call the filtering department. Um, we really only let in go-givers into our community. Anybody that's a sub two student can attest to that. We have a community of absolute go-givers and people who just love on each other and they selflessly give and give and give and give. And Adam Dang is one of my people that ensures that that is the case. Um, we reject 95% of people that, that, that apply. And so Adam Dang is one of those people. He is um, one of my guys that is um, doing that. We have a couple of girls and a couple of guys that help filter people and make sure that we have the right people coming into the mentorship. Um, let's see here. Ad, yeah, Adam is amazing. Charlotte is a great area. I'm familiar with other investors in the area who are doing very well. It's a, it is truly an awesome area. Roderick Duncan. Pace, if you are driving for dollars and find a property that is bank-owned, do you pass it up or reach out to the bank? Sorry to keep asking, but I keep finding a lot of bank-owned vacant homes. You know, Roderick, this is a great question. We always reach out to the bank. Always, always reach out to the bank. Um, and Roderick, here's what I would do. Okay. I would get a list of 15 or 20 of these properties put together and I would find a student in my, in your local area. Okay. Find a student in your local area and have that student help you contact the bank. Okay. And walk through the process in which they, my students get taught how to do that. Um, the answer is yes. Get a list of those houses together, everyone that's bank owned, and go sit down with one of my students at their office, at a Starbucks, whatever. It does not really, at the end of the day, matter where you meet. When Cody and I first met, we were meeting at McDonald's. Because McDonald's, not only do they have really good fries, but they have amazing Wi-Fi. Okay? So, little known fact there. Um, Kevin Smith says your calendar doesn't even include the weekly accountability calls for each state. It, it doesn't. In my, in my calendar, that is those Zooms, those green Zooms, um, I had to unselect the other calendars that I've created. Those green, green Zooms are only for students that they can watch all of those Zooms. The individual accountability Zooms or the Zooms that I'm doing with the mastermind students and all that kind of stuff, those are not on the calendar. And so those probably account for another, I don't know, five to 10 Zooms a week. So pretty cool. And this is why I have to wake up at three o'clock in the mornings because I got a lot of stuff going on, right? Um, Aaron Leed says, I want to go to virtual to get deals faster and have be be uh, better spread. So Aaron, I just shared um, a couple of weeks ago, I shared a $20,000 mobile home list in North Carolina. It's all the mobile homes in North Carolina. And I had a student, one of our students DM me, and they said that they locked up four mobile homes in North Carolina just last week. So I would suggest getting on that list. It cost me 20 grand. With my discount, everything cost 20 grand. Would have cost a normal per person $30,000. I bought that list and I shared that with all the sub two students. And really not enough people are calling that list. So I would call that list. Um, uh, Malo uh, says, hey, Pace, what do you think about tax lien property? I love tax lien properties. I freaking love tax lien properties. They're amazing. Okay. Um, they are absolutely amazing. 
Let's see here. Um, man, a lot of love for sub two. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's see. So Tijuana says, yes, I need help with the list. We can squat up this week. So, um, love you too, Aaron. Uh, Aaron, by the way, any, anybody who has not seen the Robert G Allen live that we did, we did this amazing Robert G Allen live, um, where Robert G Allen came into uh, the mentorship and taught us about fear, taught us about um, mindset and all that kind of stuff. And that was all spurred on by Aaron Leitz reaching out to me saying he was struggling with something. And I was like, man, I couldn't sleep. I was worried about Aaron Leitz. I was worried about what was going on. And so I was like, I need to bring somebody smarter than me about this topic. And we brought in, um, we brought in uh, Robert Allen. It was amazing. Um, Diego, love it, love it, love it. Um, thank you guys so much. Big Daddy Josh, Pace, how do you stay motivated? Keep going so hard after hitting retirement. Somebody just check out and waste talent and opportunities. Um, I think, you know, I think about this. And this is also why I love, uh, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here for about two minutes. I've answered this question pretty in depth is that I realized when I was in my 20s that I was given a, a golden opportunity. Think about it. Like everybody wishes they were in my shoes, right? Just like I wish in some situations when I was younger that I was in somebody else's shoes. Not like I wish I was somebody else entirely, but I wish I was in a better financial situation. I wish I knew how to manage relationships better. I wish I knew how to love my wife better. At the time when I used to wish these things, I wasn't married. But everybody's kind of hoping and praying to get to a higher elevated state of their own self, right? And so once you reach that point, my feeling is it's your duty to turn around and lift somebody else up, right? And there's a lot of fulfillment in that. There's a lot of emotional fulfillment. And I, at the end of the day, get way more um, fulfillment from emotional income than I do from financial income, right? It's like, um, here's my rant. I look at guy, a guy like Kanye West and hate him or love him, hate Kanye West or love him. Here's the amazing thing about Kanye West. He is constantly evolving. He's constantly trying new things. He's constantly trying to inspire and motivate people to be better versions of themselves. And yes, he's got some weird stuff. Totally get that. I, we don't need to even argue with that. But when you just look at what the man does, every album, everything he does is a complete reinvention of himself every single time. And so it keeps the fun passion burning. And so Think about it. It's like all the things that we're doing that nobody else is doing. We there's name a better mentorship on planet Earth. I, I'll wait, and I would probably I turn into a skeleton waiting for you. I've paid for the, some of the most expensive mentorships. They don't hold a candle. Some of the best mentorships with the best mentors that are actually incredibly worth their value don't even hold a candle to what I do. And so at the end of the day, I feel like that is like. I feel like in that moment, I feel like Kanye West where I'm creating something that nobody else has done before and I have all this pride and this love with it and I, I have this, um, essentially it creates my self-worth, I maybe, maybe to a certain point or it's like my magnum opus. It's like this thing that my life is going to be defined by is the things that I create and I'm so proud of those things that it gives me energy. And so I found things that gave me energy. That's really what it was teaching people to get deals, teaching people how to be better versions of themselves, talking to people, working with sellers, locking up deals is where I get my energy. And I don't know where else to 
you know, how else to answer that question other than every little thing I do gives me energy. And so when people say, how do you stay motivated? I don't need to stay motivated. I just am continually doing everything I want to do all day long. I literally don't do anything I don't want to do. There's nothing I'm doing that is something where I go, I don't want to do that, but I'm going to do it anyway. I've stopped doing that. I've, I'm now in a financial position five years ago, six years ago, that I no longer needed to worry about the financial aspect of my decisions. It's now more about what's my impact, what's my magnum opus, what's my big creation, what's the thing that I'm going to do that's going to ultimately change you know, maybe my little niche. I'm not going to change the world. I'm not Elon Musk. I'm not that smart. I wasn't born in the right with the right IQ. I understand my limitations to some degree. And also understand that I have, I'm not even at half of the capacity I'm currently at. I'm not even touching half of my capacity in my current state. So I know I have a tremendous amount to grow, but I'm not going to invent like a spaceship that's going to go to Mars. That's not who I am. I'm not that smart. Um, so I get that. But at the same point in my little niche, my job and what, where my passion comes from is creating things that nobody else has created before and having a good time doing it. That's really all there is to it. Um, Aaron Lee says, Pay, since you get up at 3 a.m., how many hours of sleep do you normally get? I get about five hours of sleep, um, five hours of sleep every day. I go to bed somewhere between 9 and 11, depending on how I feel and what's going on and what time I got home and um, whether my wife and I are trying to make a baby or anything. And um, we already made a baby, so maybe now we're going to bed a little earlier. But uh, I usually get about five hours of sleep on average per night. And then on Saturday nights, I'll usually, or Sunday morning, I'll usually sleep until like four, maybe every once in a while, I'll sleep until five. But Sunday's the only day where I will wake up at three, 3.30 and go, oh, you know, I can sleep another hour, right? Um, Kimberly Pittman says, me too, emotional income invigorates me. And I would say that it probably invigorates just about everybody. It's just that have you reached a point, guys? Have you reached a point where literally all day long you can work on your emotional income? Keith Laskoff says, one of four, I am not a student. I am a flipper. I used to hate wholesalers and I went on a journey to find out how to find my own deals. Two weeks ago, I came across Space's social media. I've neglected my wife and kids for the last week, just consuming free content. I can tell you my outlook on this entire real estate game has completely changed. I will be getting my first sub two under contract this week. Uh, wow, that's cool. Jamil Payson and uh, Dan, Dan, uh, Brent Daniels, a scam? No way. I just look at their free content. Um, I was able to overcome the objection about DTI and the seller thinking they couldn't get another mortgage. I thought they couldn't either. I couldn't. They. I co thought they couldn't either until watching the YouTube video about it. That's amazing, Keith. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Um, that is really really cool. We are going to make it a short-term rental. Good for you, bro. That's primarily my exit strategy on all my sub twos. Um, Malcolm Finlayson, one of my private lenders, by the way. Um, good to see you in here, Malcolm fin Finlayson. Malcolm and his wife are wonderful human beings. And uh, Malcolm, yes, is one of my private lenders. Says, uh, Pace, Elon is not creating a spaceship either. He's a visionary with an army of integrators. Uh, yeah, I get that. That's super smart. Uh, thank you, Malcolm. I appreciate that. So um, everybody, 
I think this was a good Sunday service. This is the longest Sunday service we've done in about six months. We, we started doing Sunday service back, um, probably four or five months ago, we started going back to like a 45 minute or a 50 minute podcast just so it's more digestible, more consumable. And, um, tonight because Cody wasn't here, I could just talk and talk and talk and talk and answer your Q and a, I don't think I missed anybody's questions. Okay. I don't think I missed anybody, um, talking about they needed something. Um, but if you guys need something, do me a favor and text our community platform, text our community number. We've given it out. And if somebody can, please put in the comments. Um, also, if you guys need help with talking to sellers, um, download that free ebook. There's a bunch of people who said they want to join the sub two uh, mentorship. And again, there's 17 cities that are sold out. So before you contemplate becoming a student, make sure that there are an open uh, spot in your area. Rob Robbins, one of my favorite people of all time. Rob is out there in uh, NorCal. One of my OG students been around for a long time. Love Rob and his uh, family. Love everybody up there in the, the Fresno area. Um, so then the other thing, last thing is I'll make sure you guys have is please do me a favor, guys, and download the ebook. Let's see. Let me find it. Oh, no, no, no. This is way better. The ebook is always going to be around. Okay. The ebook is always going to be around. But here's the thing that will not always be around is the Asher Zooms. Okay. These are going to be uh, temporary. We're going to be doing them probably for another two weeks. That's it. So if you guys are not in the flipme.com forward slash Asher dash Zoom, click on that link, guys. Register for the Zooms. We did one last night. It was epic. It was a tremendous. Um, I'm out of fun sitting here next to my son. My son, Asher, sat next to me. I taught him the basics. Um, we're going to teach him more basics on Wednesday and even more basics on this coming Saturday. If you register now, it's free. will always be free. Um, this thing with my son is free. We are going to release last night's recording to everybody tomorrow so you can go back and watch it. It's only an hour and a half. Then... Wednesday, we're going to have my wife live teaching Asher a couple of things. She is my realtor, so she does have real estate related things to teach him. And then on Saturday, we have Jamil coming in. Um, and these are this is all on Zoom. And what was great ab about Zoom that I hate about YouTube. Okay, let me answer this question. A lot of people say, why don't you do it on YouTube Live? Well, because I can't talk to you on YouTube Live. I actually get to unmute people and I get to bring them on the stage. You get to see people's video. You get to know people's voice. You get to hear people's, you know, um, accents and what part of the country they're in. It is a completely different experience than from a cold podcast standpoint from like a YouTube live. Okay. So I like YouTube. I think there's a good fit for it. Like a po podcast like this, that's going to live for forever. But at the end of the day, these Zooms are where community is built. And so we're going to build a little temporary mini community where you guys can be interfaced with some of my students, get to know them in these Zooms, go do deals with them, give them value. They'll give you value back in return. But more important than that is I want you to bring your kids and I want your kids to learn how to get their first deal in the next 14 days. And that is why we're doing this Asher Zoom, okay? So if you have not, Saturday, uh, Kimberly Bolden, uh, John says, Pace, what's happening with your own book? It's written. I'm just waiting for Robert Allen to write the foreword for me. Okay. And, uh, it'll, I don't know when it'll come out. And honestly, I'm, it's not my biggest motivation right now. I have so many other things I've been having so much fun with. So probably it'll come out in January of next year, something like that. Um, but great. Thank you for the question, John. I do appreciate it. So 
Will those Zooms be in the mentorship vault? Yes, Anthony, they will. So um, please come in. Please come in on Wednesday, meet my students. It's in a Zoom, so you'll get to hear their voices. You guys can raise your hand and ask a question. I'll unmute you. Um, I think I only had one student of mine ask a question last night, and then everybody else were non-students, just getting a ton of value and realizing, you know, there's a lot of people out there willing to help you, okay? Um, Travis Haxton says, any update on Hudson's deals? Yeah, he's gotten two deals. Travis, the problem with Hudson is that he doesn't want to come on live anymore. I don't know why, but he just didn't want to be on live. It wasn't something that motivated him. I, I could, I don't know what I could have done to get him to stay motivated to do the be on camera, but not everybody really likes and enjoys being on camera. I mean, think about it. I've, I've not really let more than two, three se seconds go between saying something and knowing where to direct this zoom, this, uh, YouTube live. I'm well-versed in being on camera, right? Not as much as others. I'm I'm not amazing, but I'm telling you, I'm pretty dang good. And so Hudson's just like, I I don't want to be on camera anymore. That's it. I don't want to be on camera anymore. Um, Ra uh, Raquel says, where do we get the Robert Allen workshop teaching? Um, all my students have access to that. So if you want to get that recording, go link up with one of my students. They'll give you the recording. I don't want them giving you my sub two recordings. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff in my mentorship that don't go doesn't go on YouTube uh, because there's a lot of strategy and and um, technical things that don't and shouldn't go on YouTube because they create a competitive advantage for my students to compete in the marketplace where nobody else is teaching sub two and seller finance like I am. Uh, I mean, think about the people that are getting deals from my YouTube content alone. Think about what my students can do with the content that they have inside of the mentorship. It's amazing. So I don't want them sharing things with you outside of the mentorship because it diminishes their strategic advantage. But the the Robert Allen teachings, I'm okay with them um, sharing that with you if you don't already have access to it. So Raquel, um, either A, students have it, or B, if somebody in the audience wants to have access to the Robert Allen recordings, hit up a student and get access to those recordings, okay? Um. Yeah, Joe Wilson says, Pace, I don't know why Hudson doesn't want to be on camera. He said he was killing it. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to be honest with you and give you guys some uh, real honest answer. He had people criticizing him on his um, Instagram. He had people DMing him and criticizing him. They And, and, and I don't think they were criticizing him. I think... Um, the, what they were really doing is they were saying stuff like, wow, you're brand new. Pace Morby is your brother. You should be way further along. So I think in their mind, they probably didn't think they were crit criticizing him, um, but he's ultra sensitive. He's still in his young, he's er in his early twenties. And so he's just like, you know what, man? Like, I don't need that heat. I don't, I, I don't need that energy in my life. Like people telling me I should be further ahead because I'm your brother. And you know, I've been painting houses for the last couple of years, not paying attention to anything you're up to or what you're doing. So I understand why he feels that way. I could understand if I put myself back in that age, I'd probably be a little bit more sensitive. Um, but that's what happened. Um, so uh, last question I'm going to answer for the night. Um, Saveki Sua says, what is Robert Allen's recording? So Robert Allen is one of my heroes. And he 
is a creative finance investor from the early 70s and 80s that wrote multiple really, really good books. They're, those books, no, no offense to Robert Allen, they're all outdated now. Things have really, really changed in terms of what creative finance is about. But those books are amazing, amazing books. He then started transitioning to mindset and talking about how in 27 years of teaching real estate, the number one reason why people were not successful was mindset. And so he started transitioning to mindset. Anyway, we had Robert Allen come into a private meeting um, with hundreds and hundreds of my students. And he talked about fear and how to overcome fear. And it was even I, who I didn't feel like I had fear, I learned probably $100,000 of value in that one thing myself. And $100,000 of value, what does that mean? It means I'll probably make $100,000 extra this year just from the things I learned in that Zoom. That's what value means. It means if I learn something and I apply it, how much money do I make? That's what value is, right? So guys, think about that. If I teach you something that it is applied in your business and you go apply it, the amount of money you have the opportunity of making is the value that I gave you, right? So Robert Allen, in just that one two-hour thing he did, he gave me probably $100,000 in value this year alone, which will equate to another $10 million in my lifetime, $20 million in my lifetime. And those recordings are uh, private for my sub two students. And little clips of them are, are on the YouTube. A little bit of clip, a few of the clips are on YouTube, but really they're all cliffhangers. So I feel bad about that. Um, but reach out to a sub two student, student. They'll give you the access to the, um, to the recordings. Okay. Um, yeah, Rob Robin says it well. Um, he says, Robert Allen will make you feel like he's talking to you directly and you will cry. So be prepared for all the feels. Yeah. I, bro, I was like tearing up. That was huge. Nicole Tedder says, this is a big issue for me. I would love to see this recording. Reach out to my students. Okay. Um, in fact, the student Aaron Leitz, you'll see him in the side chat. I don't know if he's still in here right now, but Aaron Leitz is who was my motivation for bringing in Robert Allen. Um, it was great. Mr. Medina Pace, who is your mentor? Who is the one person you stop everything that is going on and listen to? It's a great question. Nobody. Right now. I I, I feel bad, but um like I even I even had a private um invite to one of Robert Allen's um seminars where I was like front row, treated like a VIP. And I gave that to I gave that spot to one of my top students, uh, Doug Lonza. So even like my big heroes, I I have so many things I have to create. I have so many things that are like in my mind that I'm not stopping to listen to anyone at this moment. Like I am just building, 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 building. Um, but that's a great question. I should think about that a little bit more. Um, all right, guys, this was awesome. Really, really fun Sunday service. An hour and 40 minutes That is actually the longest Sunday service we've done in like a year. Um, Aaron Leitz right here is the gentleman who inspired me to bring Robert Allen. You guys see his name right here on the screen. Aaron Leitz, L-I-E-T-Z. When I first met him, he was a brand new student. He, I thought his name was Lights, but it is Leitz. His email is Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at doorandkey.com. Aaron at doorandkey.com. Hit him up. He's one of my good students. He's amazing. Tremendous amount of value. He is the guy who inspired me to bring in Robert Allen. Um, and actually, he just closed his first sub two deal not too long ago. I think probably 30 days ago. 
Um, so every, everybody, we love on we we love that you came in here. I look forward to seeing you guys on the Wednesday Asher Zoom. I'm going to give you guys that link one more time if you have not signed up for it. I look forward to seeing you guys in there. Share that with a friend. Um, and we're going to be hanging out, getting everybody deals, making a bunch of money, loving life, making babies, all that kind of stuff. I'll see you guys next week on Sunday service. See you guys next week. Oh, oh, oh.